Good afternoon, Black family. Sadat here. Got the prepper up here talking about, it just says big problems in the thumbnail. Says, so this is happening. Let's see what he's talking about. Here we go, folks. The Russian government has said that Moldova's decision to align itself with the European Union will not go unanswered in another proof that Russia may be looking to take on other countries after it finishes wiping the board with Ukraine. The People's Liberation Army, that's the army of China, has announced that a live fire drill conducted in the Chinese side of the China-Myanmar border should not be seen as a threat to the United States of America or its allies in the Indo-Pacific, and instead is China's attempt to keep up its sovereignty and territorial integrity. The senior colonel from the spokesperson for the PLA Southern Theater Command said that this is happening in accordance with the annual training plan and that this theater has organized army units that will be using live fire drills, which will be starting throughout this weekend. He said that the purpose of these drills will be to test the rapid mobility, the border control, and the firepower capabilities of the military units in the theater command. Now, what he did here was emphasize that the forces of the theater command are always prepared to respond to any sort of emergency or to resolutely safeguard the national security of China, which, according to the PLA, also involves taking back the Taiwan shoreline. They say that border stability and the people's lives and property are the only thing that the PLA is concerned with. And we're just waiting to see how far that goes. Now, here in the United States of America, police are being told to remain riot ready. This is not just happening in one state or another, but they're being told that after citywide tactical alerts were declared because of pro-Palestine protesters, that policemen in all states of the USA should be prepared for riots. The Los Angeles Police Department declared a citywide tactical alert due to what they called multiple incidents involving large groups of protesters that reportedly turned violent. I want to remind you that you're getting this news and information here at Full Spectrum Survival only on YouTube. Make sure that you come over to YouTube if you're watching on Facebook or somewhere else. Hit the subscribe button and join us here. Become part of the Full Spectrum family. Police in riot gears uh, lined up for video and photography as they pushed against demonstrators that marched through the streets. One group entered what was called the Grove Shopping Center. They tried to shut down the police from being able to move through the area. A nationwide effort is being led to demand an immediate and lasting ceasefire and as well to end any U.S. aid for Israel. Now, we are seeing some economic indicators that we're about to face another downturn, including Walmart insider trading. Samuel Robson Walton, he's the former chairman and heir, of course, to the Walmart fortune. He sold 2,161,400 different shares of Walmart. It's brought in hundreds of millions of dollars for him personally. And I'm going to remind you that this was right after Walmart came out and they said that they were watching a, uh, the inability of the American population to be able to pay for goods at their stores. American households have seen inflation accelerating and they expect it to pick up again over the next year. This is going to happen up multiple percentage points from what they expected in September. The U.S. will be entering into this next century, according to analysts, with a shrinking population. Now, according to the Census Bureau and government analysts, they say that we're going to need to increase immigration to stop this from happening. 
We did see reports come in that multiple emergency crews were responding to underground gas fires with numerous explosions. Authorities have instructed people nearby to uh, take shelter and to get out of the area. This happened in White Lake, Michigan, where numerous explosions were taking place. Multiple witnesses said that they reported uh, the feeling of tremors underneath their houses, their homes shaking, as well as smoke and flames that were visible for miles. Police were urging everybody to avoid the area, and what we're seeing is a calling into question whether this was just some sort of accident or whether it was an act of sabotage. Almost a third of the millionaires that are living inside of the USA now say that they are part of the middle class, according to MoneyWise. Now, this has happened because a lot of people live well beyond their means, but everybody is facing the crunch of this economic crisis unless they're in the top 10 or maybe even the top 2 to 3%. Credit card debt has hit new highs. We're seeing $1.024 trillion. This is a record high, people. High debt has become the new normal. This isn't sustainable, especially with interest rates at 22%. And so you can expect that the debt crisis is going to be the next one that we face. Have you ever heard of the Kramer effect? Jim Kramer, he's an analyst and some would say economist, but basically everything that he says has an opposite effect in the markets. If he says Meta or Facebook is going to uh, increase in value, it decreases. He says Twitter or X is going to decrease in increases. He says that we're going to see one thing or the other, and it's the exact opposite. Well, right now, the Kramer effect is expected because he has said that the economy is headed for the soft landing that the Federal Reserve had hoped for. We did see, looking back at the international spectrum, Turkey arrest multiple people for spying on behalf of Israel. We're seeing millennials that are polled inside of the USA say that they need to bring into their house 515 or $525,000 per year just to feel happy. Now, I don't know what you can do with half a million dollars a year, but I, I can sure make that stretch. United Healthcare has been accused of using artificial intelligence, and they're doing this in a way that systematically denies critical medical coverage for people who need it. U.S. forces at multiple air bases in Iraq are being attacked almost daily now with drones and mortars. This is happening in coordination with what appears to be a ground assault on the fences of the base. Iranian-backed forces have attempted to storm the base using rocket-propelled grenades as well as small arms. They have been fought back. The militia has claimed responsibility for the attack. And I want to ask you again, when was the last time that American military forces let our people come under weekly attacks and did little more than just fire a few measly projectiles back in the direction that the attacks came from? The USA is either overextended, soft, or weakening. American F-16 fighter jets will change the course of the Ukrainian war. They said that must, uh, Russia must take this extremely seriously, as the spokesperson of the Air Force of Ukraine. Now, since October 7th, so not that long ago, we have seen multiple U.S. drones flying over Gaza. They're doing this in search for hostages and to uh, help the Israeli military with their critical aspects of their uh, the roles in the attacks. Now, what the U.S. military is saying right now, that these drones being in the area will be there if the U.S. military needs to move in. In a recent interview, the Dutch Central Bank, or the DNB, has said that it has equalized its gold reserves relative to its GDP, gross domestic product, and that other countries in the Eurozone and outside of Europe are going to follow similar suit. This is a political decision. 
As it stands, we are in a financial crisis. Gold, maybe not today or tomorrow, but this price will go up. It will skyrocket. Official gold reserves of countries used to be uh, in place to underpin a gold standard. These statements confirm what people have been warning about for years, that central banks are preparing for a new international gold standard. And let me tell you, as soon as Russia and China came out and they said that they were going to create a novel currency, a brand new currency that was backed by precious metals, we knew that gold, oil, maybe some other precious goods were going to be the commodities that they used to pin them against. You will see the American political spectrum switch over from the USD, <coughs> excuse me, or they will at least attempt to, to move over to gold. The Royal Norwegian Air Force scrambled its fighter jets recently to respond to Russian aircraft moving through the region. Russian planes were said to be flying close into NATO airspace. The aircraft there were identified as two different Tu-160 bombers, two different MiG-31 jets, and two different 78 tankers. The planes returned to Russia shortly after meeting the F-35s, but NATO's Air Command has said in a post on social media that after the Danish Air Force intercepted them, Russia is being told not to play around with NATO. We have seen helicopters violate Japanese airspace, and this required the Air Force of Japan to scramble their fighter jets in response. Stoltenberg of NATO has said that the group's organization will consider deploying additional peacekeeping groups into multiple regions because of fighting between Russia and its enemies. This is a war that is going to last multiple years. So what we see happening today between Russia and Ukraine is going to boil over into Russia and other European countries. What we see happening today because of Israel and its enemies in the Middle East, we are going to see this continue for multiple years. You are going to start to witness a supply chain uh, and supply and demand destruction. You're also going to start to see inflation reflect exactly the geopolitical aspects of what's happening. Multiple countries, because of the globalization that they have instilled in our everyday way of life, will start to fight with how hard it is to get things into their, uh, into their borders. They will also start to uh, reflect in the price tags as corrupt corporations increase the prices, seemingly for no reason, because I'm going to remind you that you can't have a reality where these corporations say that they need to raise prices because of the cost of goods. But yet at the end of the quarter, these very same corporations are the ones who are posting record profits. Those two realities don't exist at the same time. So somebody's lying here. And who we see lying is the ones who are making out at the end of the day. What I want you and your family to do is just get as prepared as you can because of the changing events around us. Remain aware of what's going on. Take as much to heart as you can. Go to the store, stock up your pantry, Spend time with family. Make sure that you rebuild the bridges that you might need as the economy worsens. Stay safe and keep watch. Good morning, Black family. Sadat here. We're going to do Brother Phil's uh, podcast. I was watching something when he came on live last night, but I'm getting caught up today. I just let both the fur babies out. So they're taken care of. They'll be eating their breakfast in a little bit. 
had to go down to see what was taking them so long because they just left me up here by myself. I don't like being upstairs by myself. Of course, Lily went to go and scavenge, you know, and that, that's what she likes to do. Being a cheapoo and all. Little Venus and stuff, she's just, she's just so adorable. Alright, now, I was supposed to have this keyed up and everything, but I didn't, I didn't do it. So, y'all gonna have to, uh, just bear with me a minute, alright? Oh. Professor Black True just dropped something on here. How about we do Professor Black Truth talking about King Harris and his little fiasco at his uh, parents' party. And then we'll do Brother Phil's podcast. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, start Professor Black Truth right now. Sure, I got it good. Lily, will you sit down? Family and fellow soldiers, I'm the professor, and this is the moment of truth. All right, we're talking about entertainment here, but only because I think that there's an object lesson that can be gleaned from some of this. So, what's the story here? T.I. Harris and his family were at a Falcons game in the skybox, no less. They were live streaming this family outing, and no, I'm not going to be showing the video because it was an embarrassment to watch. For those of you who don't know, the upshot is the T.I.'s son, King, who he had by a white woman, apparently was feeling that he wasn't being taken seriously. So instead of watching the game, he wanted to try to get some street cred in the skybox at a football game. There may or may not have been alcohol involved. Okay, so he began yelling and arguing with someone that he didn't have a silver spoon in his mouth just because he was a rich kid. He said that he lived in the hood because he lived with his grandmother. And that was when the mother came on camera and said that the boy lived with his grandmother because he had been sucking a pacifier until he was age 12. <laughs> and a side note, if you got a child who has a case of arrested development, aren't the parents supposed to step in to sort of stop that kind of behavior? Anyway, his mother humiliated him, and the young man got indignant and loud, and T.I. apparently had to literally shake him to get him to calm down. They got into a physical altercation. I don't think any blows were struck, but still. This is the result of a young man from a well-to-do background who simply can't reconcile how the family makes their money with how he's supposed to be moving. Dad made his money as a gangster rapper. And the son apparently wants to prove that he's up to snuff as far as dad's concerned, because at the very least his father's taken seriously. This is the problem of a child needing to grow up in a different shadow from his father. Even Ice Cube, who has made a disgrace of himself recently, he didn't have this kind of problem. His son has been trying to make it in Hollywood, just like Cube has been making those low-budget straight-to-video flicks. But then again, Cube's father made a lane for his son. No shame to T.I. necessarily, but this is the result of the young man not having it drilled into his head what his lane is supposed to be. He goes to school, hangs out with friends, and the shadow of his father's profession follows him there. Dad raps about the streets, and here his son is a suburban kid. Why isn't that good enough for him? Because the father reflects on the child. When Dad's rapping about the streets, people will see his son living the opposite and give him a hard time about it. His street guy persona comes off as fake and phony like those white suburban kids who try to act like they came from the hood. Why do they do that? It's because they all want to be taken seriously. 
The street dudes they see from the black areas of town are taken seriously simply because of how they carry themselves, who they are, what people know that they will do. That's because they're living the street life. That being the case, every day is a new battle and you better be ready for it. But these white suburbanites, they see these guys as being connected to real life. Yes, they're also connected to real deaths too. But they don't care. These white suburbanites are wondering how do they get people to take them seriously like that. So they imitate these other people, which is just as well because it's either that or commit a mass shooting. But that's where this is coming from. The children of celebrities usually have big problems trying to find their identity. They don't really exist themselves. Whenever people talk about them, they get referred to as so-and-so's son or the child of such-and-such celebrity. They only exist as an extension of their famous parent. Their parent is who defines the entire family. But what happens when the parent's way of making money or the surroundings they gave their children directly clashes with the path that the child is supposed to take in life? If this young man was being groomed to take control of the family business, not rapping in this case, but whatever other income sources T.I. and his wife have been developing, then I don't think we'd be seeing this from him at all. And this isn't the first time that he's been in the news for getting loud and rowdy. Apparently, he actually threatened some worker at the Waffle House, something about a pickle being missing from his order. You know, it's a very weak individual who every time you look up, they're constantly talking about how they're having arguments with people and they went to this or that business and they didn't get this right. It's weak people who look for opportunities to try to flex at the local Waffle House or what have you. But again, this has all been happening under his parents' nose. They've known about it. Why hasn't anyone pulled his coat before now? Personally, I think the parents are as complicit in his outburst as he is. This child was allowed to grow into this behavior. And the mother stepping in to clown him on camera, that came off as an immature relationship with her own child. She was treating him like a teenager teasing one of her peers instead of a mother looking to correct her child. You can tell his parents raised him more like they were his friends than that they were his parents. And I understand full well that a lot of us were raised by abusive parents, people who mistreated us. That being the case, a lot of people overcompensate when it comes to raising their own children. They react by deciding that since mom or dad or both were so hard on them growing up, they would do the opposite. They wouldn't be so hard on the kid. That's an overcorrection. We need to understand that. But also, when he started deciding to get loud or whatever, the cameras should have gone off. This culture of living our lives through TikTok and Instagram videos, every minute of everyone's life has to be posted online regardless, that has to stop. And as far as the mother holding the young man up for ridicule on a live stream, why didn't they just cut off the video when he was acting up? Why make a show out of it? The child reflects poorly on the father as proof that he doesn't respect them. But the parents can also reflect poorly on the child as having set a poor example. Looking at the multicolored dreads and how this young man's dressed and talking and how he tries to come off as a thug, he's cosplaying. But he was allowed to grow into that behavior, though I'm sure that we can all agree on one thing. Considering the opportunities that this young man was born with and the fact that he's got resources that the vast majority of black people can only dream of, it's a disgrace what he's doing. Every generation of black children has to start from zero. This is why poverty is generational among our people. When parents don't focus on leaving an inheritance to their kids, their children have to start from scratch. That becomes harder and harder in a world where the competition is only becoming more fierce. But there's also another factor that works against generational wealth. This is from the son's point of view. You probably heard the old saying about the first generation starts the business and the third generation closes it. That's because the first generation knows what it means to have to claw a future out of the cold, dead earth. 
That first generation doesn't want their children to have to go through the same things, though, because it was traumatic. Frankly, most of the time, the parents were merely trying to survive. So they try to make sure that their children have a cushier life than they did. That can become a problem when the child is not exposed to the real world. The child needs to have hardships in their life so that they can understand that the world is not an amusement park. Of course, nobody wants the child to grow up with emotional scars from having to claw their way out of poverty. But if that child does not understand how tough life can be, they're going to fall into poverty because they were coddled and pampered. That being the case, the child needs to be carrying those hard experiences from the lessons they learned, having to make a better life for themselves, as opposed to living the rest of their lives broke because they didn't realize what the money meant in the first place. It must be impressed upon a child how important it is to learn the family business and to protect it. While the parents can do their most to impress that upon the child, it's harder to do that with grandkids who are usually trust fund babies at this point. Having never had to work, all they know is how to spend money. They were never made to have to learn how to run the business or to grow it. No one took the time to teach them that the business is the only thing sustaining the family, and that if they blow it, the family goes right back to zero again. So the trust fund grandchildren usually wind up running the family business into the ground. What are they preparing this young man for? Judging by how he talks, dresses, and acts in public, apparently not much. You know, this reminds me of John Morant. He's so desperate to be a gangster, but gangsters don't have multi-million dollar NBA contracts or endorsement deals. It's so sad to see young black people, especially young black men who make it out of the ghetto, and for some strange reason, they want to go back. It's not merely ignorance on the young man's part, it's also a character flaw. I can't help but think of the movie The Godfather. Michael wasn't the heir apparent to his father's mafia crown. The elder brother, Sonny, played by James Caan, was. He was supposed to be their father's successor. In fact, Sonny made it a point to tease his younger brother, Michael, because Michael went to college and went to the Marines. While Sonny spent his time being a playboy and a tough guy and taking care of the business. But Michael was the one who ultimately became godfather because Sonny thought he was bulletproof and got himself killed. Meanwhile, Michael never lost his cool sized people up, looked for opportunities everywhere, and whenever he struck, he made sure to wipe out all the family's enemies. Going legit isn't easy. To make the transition from organized crime to organized corporation takes skill, patience, and observation. Traits that Sonny didn't have, but Michael did. Yes, survival is about being tough, but it's more about being intelligent and shrewd. These gangster rappers have to make a choice at some point. You can choose to be a businessman or a street dude, but you can't be both. Should Knight tried. His first stint in prison apparently wasn't enough to get the lesson across that he needed to change. Then he lost death row records and still didn't get the lesson. I remember reading back in the day when he was doing time in Utah or Oregon or wherever he was in stir at. He was actually threatening Snoop Dogg, saying that when he got out of prison, he had all kinds of scores to set. When you're young and you think you can afford to spend a few years in a cell, that kind of egomaniacal behavior may seem cute. But at some point, you're supposed to realize that you're wasting years you can't get back. And the worst way to spend your life is in a cage. But apparently he thought it was worth it. So he killed a man and now he's serving a 28-year sentence. Seven years down, only 21 more to go. Though he does become eligible for parole in 2034. But Suge Knight is 58 years old now. He's lost a decade of his life in prison, and it's not like he had any big business ventures going on the outside. What will he have when he gets out? A punked-out senior citizen ex-con with no prospects. You know, he collapsed in court when the judge hit him with that $25 million bail.
and he was crying in sentencing. I can't really blame him to have one's entire life blown away in an instant. The older you get, the less cute being in prison becomes. I wonder if anyone's ever impressed this upon King that if he wants to be a street dude, this is where he winds up. He thinks he's not being respected now. Let him have to eat a 28-year sentence. See if anybody respects him then. But that's what happens when you decide you're not going to cut ties with the street life. Dr. Dre saw the writing on the wall. So did Ice Cube and Snoop. That's why they're rich and free to this day and planning what white media figures behind they want to kiss this week. But I suppose that does beat spending your golden years taking prison showers with a bunch of other dudes and staring at the same four walls every day while wondering what, if anything, you'll do supposing you get out. This incident with T.I. also reminds me of a number of black celebrity fathers, sadly. 50 Cent's another case. His son was trying to imply that he was a deadbeat dad, not because he didn't pay child support, but because the son said that it wasn't enough. Apparently $6,700 a month isn't enough for child support. This young man is 25 years old, by the way, and saying that he wants his father to pay child support. Talk about failure to launch. 50 didn't have custody of the boy, but whoever the woman was who did have custody, I guess he figured he would support them for life. This was a case that should never become public, but the son chose to do that. And for what? When a black man comes up in the world and actually has a couple of nickels to rub together, where children are concerned, he has to hold the reins tighter, not looser. Just take a look at Dwayne Wade. He's got his son out there just doing whatever. And as for Will Smith, his son is basically a circus freak at this point. Things are so janky over the Smith household, it's not even funny. Black celebrity fathers have been taking a lot of body blows lately. We won't even discuss the mess with John Amos and his daughter. Trying to raise children is hard. Raising them with the intent that they walk a different path in life than you did is harder. But to do it under the constant lights of the media is harder still. We live in a sad age. You got a bunch of attention whoring going on, people trying to be Instagram famous, and other folks trying to be things they aren't. Now this young man feels clearly that he's not being respected, and he's right. He's a kid. If he wants to get respect, then he should try actually building something first. Ah, but it's far easier to yell and shout about how street you are and telling people to test your gangster. The point of gangster rap, for those who are not exploiting it, is that you're talking about the harsh and recidivist realities of the street, along with the struggles that go with it. But ultimately, the goal is to climb out of that. You want to get your piece of the world so you don't have to be out in the streets. That's supposed to be the point. Some people, though, have taken a fact of life and are trying to make it into a way of life. But there's no life in the streets. Only an early death. Now, while there's certainly plenty of blame to go around, ultimately it rests on the shoulders of King. His big issue is he hasn't accepted himself. See, this is the problem with our having allowed the white media to make the definition of black and hood synonymous. You can't be black without the hood, the white media teaches, but that's not true at all. We have been robbed of the ability to define ourselves. We've also played along with a dangerous definition of blackness that doesn't serve our power. And some of the gangster rappers need to take a look at how they played a part in all this. What you see this young man doing is an example of that shameful confluence of factors. A young man living in the shadow of his father, living a lifestyle that's the opposite of what his father portrays, and wanting to be taken seriously. As a parent, you can't afford to blur the line between reality and fantasy. Children need a stern upbringing, especially if you intend to give them a multi-million dollar inheritance. Their lives should revolve around that how to grow the family fortune. Once your family has the bag, you gotta make sure you don't drop it. 
The Harris family needs to do a real gut check about how they've raised that young man, and he has a lot of learning to do himself. Though I gotta tell you, he's off to a slow start. Good day, and be one. I'd like to take a moment to mention some of our contributors. Shabazz, Gwendolyn Langston, Envision That, Lawrence Shaver, and Joshua Daniels. Salute to them and thank you to everyone listening, liking, and sharing this message. Black empowerment only exists because of you. All right, now we've got Brother Professor Black Truth out of the way. I'm going to go ahead and stream Brother Phil's uh, podcast from last night. I got it keyed up and we're all ready to go. Well, today on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, we have, you know, something that we said was going to happen long while ago. Now, you remember Edward Bloom. He's the guy that helped spearheaded that Students for Fair Admissions case in the Supreme Court. He said that Asian Americans were being discriminated against in college admissions. Then you had the lady Yatin Chu and all of them. They were celebrating that affirmative action was removed from college admissions. But we have some headline that we need to see here. Now, we tried to tell them, we tried to tell them, but they didn't want to hear it. Let's look at this on the screen here, what you're looking at. Post-affirmative action. Asian American families are more stressed than ever about college admissions. That don't sound right, ladies and gentlemen. What you said that you were being discriminated against because of affirmative action. You said black people were getting into college over Asian American students who scored higher and deserved to be there over black American students. This is what y'all say. So you teamed up with old Edward Bloom over here. And y'all conspired to get rid of affirmative action in college admission. And you got it done. So you got what you wanted. You got you, you got exactly what you wanted. So what's the problem now? And after it happened, the the the, the folks, they media, they were shocked at our response. They thought we were gonna get in the street protesting. We was going to be crying. We was going to be saying, oh, look at these people, what they're doing to us. We stayed quiet. And they were shocked at how we didn't get in the street protesting and acting a fool and doing things. No, we didn't do anything like that. So they were wondering, like, well, what's going on with black people? And then many of us have stated, because we were educated in it, that affirmative action was not even benefiting black Americans. It actually benefited more white women than it benefited black Americans. It benefited actually Asians more than it benefited black Americans. It benefited immigrants more than it benefited black Americans. It benefited more white LGBT than it benefited black Americans. So we're like, we good. We are cool. Do they want to take it away? Take it away. So now it's gone. Something that actually benefited y'all. And because you let them spit in your ear, and we'll get into that for a minute, because a lot of you other groups need to learn learn something. You know, hopefully you'll listen. Well, let's go ahead and go through this because we, we got to go deeper. So they have an admissions consultant describe, they say what it 
takes to get into an elite college. They say they have to take 10 or 20 advanced placement courses to create a showstopper project. As Asian American students, they need to be extremely strategic in how they present themselves to avoid anti-Asian discrimination. They said the consultant Sasha Chada of Ivy School Scholars said in the October webinar to an audience of mostly Asian parents and students, why are you worrying about anti-Asian discrimination? Affirmative action is gone. Remember, it's on merit now. It's on merit. It's not on, on race. It's on merit. What do you mean anti-Asian discrimination? You can't talk about race. You cannot talk about race. You threw that out. That's what y'all got done. You remove race out of it. So I don't want to get on talk about no anti-Asian anything. It's all based on merit. Maybe you just didn't have the grades. That's all, right? It's about merit now. Now, Edward Yen, who doesn't consider himself a tiger parent, wonder what extreme accomplishments his 11-year-old daughter would need to get into USC, considered a relative shoe-in back in the 1990s when he attended. He's in the first college application season since the U.S. Supreme Court struck down affirmative action. Asian American students are more stressed out than ever. Race-conscious admissions were widely seen to have disadvantaged them as borne out by disparities in the test scores of admitted students, but many feel that race will still be a hidden factor and that standards are even more opaque than before. Oh, really? Really? You don't say. See, Black America has been screaming at all of you groups. It's not just them. It's all of y'all. You come in here and you fall for the trickery of, 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 of the white supremacist. See, this is what they do to y'all. And y'all fall for it every time. When you other groups come in this country, you look at black folks, and you look at, you know, the folks. And you know good and well how horribly we treated. You see it. You say, oh, oh, oh I don't want to be treated like them. I, man, whatever I got to do to get chummy with the folks, I'm going to do it. Because I don't want them to treat me like that. So what they have realized is that these other groups of people want proximity to them. So I said, hmm. We can use these other groups because they got, you know, they're a so-called minority. They want proximity to us. They're willing to do our dirty work, right? So what we got to do, we got to let them know they got some camaraderie with us and they're better than the black people. So what they do is they give you a little bit higher position in, in the white supremacist system. And, 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 and you get a little bit more benefits than black folks. But at the end of the day, you would never be in their position, no matter what you do, no matter what you achieve in this country. So they'll tell you things like, you know what? You work hard. You're just such hard working. You study. You're so smart. Oh, you're so smart. You're so much smarter than those black American people. Look how lazy they are. They're lazy. The only reason they get into college is because of their black. They don't store, they don't score anything on tests. They, they don't, they just, that's the only reason they're getting into college. See, they get into college over you. You're smart, right? And and they're not. So we want to get rid of affirmative action because, see, that's harming you. Don't you see? And, and think about it. If you remove affirmative action, then you can get into Harvard. You can get into Yale over that black person. They got it just because of their race, right? They're not telling them that, okay, you know, they get into school. Can they stay? Are they finishing? Because race only going to take you so far. Then you got to get do the work. 
gotta pass a test. You understand what I'm saying? You gotta pay for it. So they 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 for years the white supremacists, especially Edward Bloom, tried to do that with Abigail Fisher. Didn't work, white woman. So he said, let me do it with Asians because they are so-called minority. And they have those in their community who feel they're better than black America. So work with them, went to court, got exactly what they wanted. Now, what helped you get into college is gone. And the white supremacist have it exactly like he wanted. And now he's sitting back smiling and laughing at you now because you assisted him in removing something that black folks fought for. You understand? Now, now you're realizing that you live in a system of racism, white supremacy, and no matter what you do, you have literally removed a constraint off of the white supremacists in these schools. Every time you sit up there and play footsies, with the white supremacists, you're going to be burned every time. But we told you, we told all of you who come into this country that we told you, but you think you know better. You think, oh, they like me better than, than they like them. I just read a headline today that said that when Asian Americans move into a neighborhood, white folks are moving out. No different than when we move in, they do the same thing. If they really liked you, why are they moving out when you move in? Remember, you work hard. You go to school, right? They say you don't commit crimes. But yet they're getting away from you. Have you? <laughs> but let's continue. We can talk about that all day. Now, they say in seminars, they say like chatters around Southern California, say this fall, some held in Korean and Mandarin. But immigrant parents, consultants reinforce the message, even students with superhuman qualifications are regularly rejected from Harvard and UC Berkeley. They say parents who didn't grow up say, in the American system and who may have moved to the U.S. in large part for the children's education feel desperate and in the dark. They say some shell out tens of thousands of dollars for consultants as early as junior high, fearing that anything less than a name-brand school could doom their children to an uncertain future. Sometimes anxious students are the ones who ask their parents to hire a consultant. Now, to me, that sounds silly. So you're not going to have a good future because you don't get, see, y'all think that we value these folks. These people value these folks way more than we do. We don't be sitting up there, oh my God, if I don't get into this name brand school, I'm not going to have a future. Please, please. But that's them. They value them folks' schools or whatever. Yeah, okay, you get a degree over there, you get a degree. We know that you can get a degree and don't even be able to get a job, but that's them. It's interesting, they spend tens of thousands of dollars for their kids to get into school. Like, really? They got people that's making all kinds of money, ain't never been to no Harvard or Yale. Now they say some consultants say they try to put schools that fit the students best. They say not necessarily the top rank ones, they say even as skeptics wonder whether they are scaremongering in an attempt to drum up business. They say, but especially for parents from South, or countries like South Korea, China, and India, where a single exam determines a student's college choices. They say a lack of objective standards can be overwhelming. Now, for me, that's crazy, personally, that I'm stressing myself out. I'm stressing myself out about school. 
all the schools in the United States of America you can go to, and you strike yourself out about a name school, okay. That's say Ian pointed out that going to a top college is no guarantee for career success. Exactly. And what you see today is all the student loan debt, people got degrees and can't even get a doggone job that's worth anything with that doggone degree. And they got people that graduated Harvard that still don't have the jobs they should have or paid when they should be paid. Now, I say with well, Asian Americans overrepresented at many campuses, yet underrepresented in leadership <laughs> positions in government and other workplaces. Why? Anti-black racism. But it's not about race, right? It's about merit. Well, when y'all gonna learn? When are y'all gonna learn? Yes, they may look at you just a little bit better than us, right? But understand, we fought for everything we got. They didn't give us a freaking thing. We literally fought for it. We died for it. Literally. The reason why they can do the things they're doing in this country is because of us. But notice something. I want y'all to notice something. Black America is starting to pull back. We're not fighting for nobody no more. We've been silent now. We're saying, now we're going to take our energy and focus on us. We're going to do what all these other groups do. When we, when we try to have a coalition with these other groups, we tried. We tried for years to have a coalition with all these other groups, all these other so-called minority groups, right? Our thoughts was, and it's a righteous thought, well, you know, hey, they are another minority group like us. They're going to deal with some racism. Hey, maybe we should join with these people and we work together. It's more of us together than the folks. So we all unify as minority groups and work together we can actually run the yard, even displace the white supremacists. But what we have seen is that these other so-called minority groups, the so-called people of color, they want to work with the white supremacists. And our generation say, okay, we got it now. We got it. We cool. Go over there with them. Do you. But don't come running over here to us saying, Oh, we didn't know. We didn't realize it. We didn't know that was going to happen. No, 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 no. You got what you wanted. You went to the Supreme Court, right? You got the decision you wanted. We don't want to hear it now. We tried to tell you. You didn't want to listen. You told us we were lazy. You told us that we we got in college only because of the color of our skin. That's that's all what we heard. Now you're seeing what we told you. Let's continue. Let's say a coalition of Asian American students and advocates argued that Asian applicants were being racially discriminated against in the admissions process at Harvard University and the University of North Carolina. Now, I say the Supreme Court granted them a victory ruling that the two school admissions practices violated the 14th Amendment of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. However, Asian American immigrant parents shared that they still feel desperate and in the dark about what it takes for their children to be accepted into elite universities. Fearing the court ruling won't stop universities from rejecting applications based on race. They can't do it on race now, they do it on merit. That's what you wanted, right? Don't, don't cry foul because I'm not crying foul for you. See, the pulling back of Black America has actually been a blessing. It's been a blessing to Black America. It's also starting to give everyone a comeuppance, right? It's giving everyone a comeuppance because they're realizing that they can't really navigate like they thought they could in America without the Black man and woman speaking up for them 
advocating or doing whatever, right? They started to realize that they can realize that even more as time go along. See, even some people within the Asian American community had said, you know what? This hate crime bill we got, I don't know how some of that's going to come across to the black community. A few Asian Americans said that. They said because this is going to kind of put us in a bad position. And then when that Supreme Court decision came down, they realized, oh, shoot, my God. And now they didn't think of it. So they got it. They got, well, why don't y'all say about the uh, college admission? Why don't you say it's a hate crime? You got protection now. So just say that they didn't accept you to school because of your race and then because you got a, a federal protection now that black Americans can't get, maybe they'll come in and charge the school with hate crimes and, you know, and maybe you'll get in that way. Because, hey, you don't have a great hate crime bill. It would be nice to have one. But we don't have one at all, right? The Biden administration made sure y'all were protected. He made sure of it. And I want y'all to notice the Biden administration did not do anything after that decision. He didn't try to figure out a way to tie federal funding to certain rules about, you know, admissions. He could have done that. He could stop federal funding to whatever you want to stop it from, right? He didn't say, you know what, we we in the Democrats, we're gonna go in and try to put some bills in and try to do what we kind of do trying to do to to get this back where, where things need to be. No, he didn't say anything. I told y'all, if you look at Biden's history, Biden is 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 an old school white supremacist. He's just a little bit more refined with it. Sure, he's not gonna go out publicly saying certain words about uh, black folk, right? But understand that, just the way Biden even talked, you hear that racism in it, the anti-black racism. But we have to continue as black Americans to worry about ourselves, worry about our issues, worry about our problems. When these other groups find out the hard way about what happens if you play footsies with the white supremacists, just tell them, we told you, don't come over here. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear black folks are right. Oh, we made a mistake. Yeah, you did. And because you thought it's this thing. You thought you were going to harm us so you can get a benefit. That's what the motivation was. The motivation was to harm black people, to prevent black people from getting into college. You wanted to harm us so you could get into college. You see what happened? See how the law works? You see how good God is? Lord, let me give the law a See how, how good God is? What you meant for harm, God turned it for good for us. You tried to harm God's children to get a, to get ahead of black folk, but you made a deal with the devil. And anytime you make a deal with the devil, the devil always gonna screw you in the end. Don't you know that? Don't you know it? See, see, think over all you groups. You sit up here and try to do what you can to harm God's children. When you trying to harm God's children, you're literally kicking against a, a, a thorn bush. You're gonna hurt yourself in the end. You kick against a thorn bush with bad feet. That's what you're doing by trying to harm God's children. You try to harm us in the process. We know this country like the back of our hand, literally. We've been living in it for ever since the inception of it. We built it. You're trying to harm us, chumming yourself up with them folks, and every time they're going to do you wrong. But your motivation 
well, was not just to get in school. Your motivation was to harm us, to stop black American children from getting into school. That's what that motivation was about. That's why you teamed up with old Edward Bloom over there. It's because you teamed up and said, I want to make sure that black people are suppressed. I want to get above black folk. I want to get jobs above black folk. I want everything above black people. I'm going to harm black people so I can get ahead. That's what that was about, harming black America. Let me tell you something. It's a different day in time. It's a different day in time. And we see you, and we remember that. And we're not going to forget it. We are not going to forget it. Y'all did that to harm us. Period. The way it was, they came out and said more Asian Americans got into schools because of affirmative action. Now what you're going to say now when they say no? This country runs on anti-black racism. Period. We told you that. But just because you, you got a little bit lighter skin, straighter hair, and all of that, you think you're safe. You think you're safe. Maybe in the future, you won't do things to harm black people. Because that was the motivation. Maybe in the future, you'll leave God's children alone. In the future. Maybe in the future, you'll realize that you make deals with, with the devil. Because what you were doing, none of it was righteous. It was completely unrighteous. Now, I will tell you, more of you are not going to get into the schools you want. Uh -huh. More of you. And you can't file a single lawsuit saying race. Well, before you could have did it. Many of you are going to spend thousands upon thousands of dollars. These people that try to get you these elite schools are going to drain your pockets. And you're not going to get into these schools. Because you think going to their school is going to prosper you. You don't need their name brand schools to be prosperous. Some of your people came over here, got their businesses with the assistance of the U.S. government, didn't go to now one of their schools. That's why they can pay the money for you to go to a tutor and go to those schools because of all those businesses. They ain't going to Harvard or Yale. So, so you, I guess y'all think, well, I don't want my kids working in this store all their life. I don't want my kids with a shrimp bone. I don't want my kids. Well, if it was good for you, what's wrong with continuing the family business? But what do I know, right? I'm just a black man in America. They understand that you don't need these people name brand schools to make it. Okay, if you go and you get a scholarship, great. Go. I'm not telling black folks not to go. If you can afford it and you smart enough to get in there, do it. I'm not against it. But it's not the end all be all if you can't get into Harvard or Yale. I mean, hell, you can get into Texas A&M, University of Texas. You can get the University of Georgia or, you know, if you go to uh, Prayer View University, if you, if you go to uh, Howard University, wherever you want to go, right? HBCU, wherever you would like to go. And there's Asians that go to HBCUs. There's a lot of Asians that actually go to TSU right here in Houston for, for the pharmacy program. There's a lot of Asians go to that program. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing. Okay, did you graduate? Yes. Did you do good? Yes. Did you, did, you went back and got a master's degree, a doctor, whatever? Okay, cool. The majority of American citizens don't have no Harvard degree. 
So you can't say, well, I can't get a job. I ain't graduated from Harvard. But see, we know that. But keep doing what you're doing. See, black folks, all we have, we have a position now in America. All we got to do is sit back and watch now. We don't have to say nothing no more. We don't have to really fight much no more. We don't have to march no more. We really didn't done all what we're supposed to do. Now we're in that, that, that place that says, sit down, sit back, stay quiet about everything itself that has to do with us, and watch how the Lord works. The Lord is going to work out in our favor. I'm telling you, it's going to be so great in our favor. And people are going to even get, ang- even get angry with us because we are to sit back, staying quiet, and say, nope, we're only worrying about ourselves now. But see, you know where we learned that from? We learned that from you. I'm talking about your other groups. We learned it from you. When we wanted you to come in and 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 and, and we assisted you in many ways, and you became politicians, and you you uh, sided with the folks against us, and when you came put businesses in our community, and you didn't want to hire us even in our own communities, you brought in your family, your friends to these jobs, and yet you bleed in the black community of all their their resources. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying. We, we have no reason to be sticking up or fighting for nobody. We know. So all we got to do is sit back, watch, and say, hmm, man, that's messed up. Okay, hey, uh, what's up with the reparations? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, wow, uh, that's something. We're probably discussing at the dinner table what's happening. But then we look it up and say, okay, what's going on with the sisters and brothers in Chicago? What's going on with the election? In 2024, we focus on what's happening with us, even with politicians. We focus on policy, not party. We have no policy. We know what to do then. We got it. It's just that simple. Yes, we are selfish now. It's been time. We have been a benevolent community forever. Being selfless, sacrifice ourselves and everything for everybody. And what do we got for that in return? Nothing. So now it's time for us to be selfish and deal with ourselves. It's not right. Y'all can't just be selfish. Who say we can't? Who say we can't? I never read nothing <laughs> to say that's wrong for us to think about your household. Think about our community. That's been our problem. We are focused on everybody else's situation instead of our own. And that's why our own don't get fixed. It's because we worry about everybody else <laughs> us. Now we say it's time to worry about us. What are we going to get? What resources are we going to get? Protecting what we already have so we don't lose it. It's just that simple. It's a new day in black America. And I love, I'm glad I'm here to see it. To see my people starting to turn things around. Now, listen, after George Floyd, a lot of things got changed to black folk. Y'all don't realize that after George Floyd. We are, we are focusing on ourselves now. And everybody, everybody got a problem with that. People that try to disrespect us, even within our own black family, right? Globally. Some that try to come and disrespect us. We say, oh no, 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 no. That none of that gonna be tolerated. We're not gonna be disrespected no more. We're not gonna come to nobody's defense. Now, of course, the black family is different, and that's a family issue, right? And we'll deal with those family issues, like you got distant cousins. You may not disagree uh, agree with or brother you may not agree with. It doesn't mean no hatred. It just means we have a disagreement. We have that. It, 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 it's not no hatred. Man. It's not. But when it comes to, to, to other groups, 
We deal with you on the individual basis. That's it. If you're an individual of different communities and you rock with us and we see that, we definitely gonna rock with you. But we are not blindly going to defend groups. That day is done. That day is done. Don't look to so-called black leaders to come. Well, what black leaders? I mean, just think about it. What black leaders? Nobody's really caping like that no more. You want to talk to Arab Sharks and okay, I get it. But we are living in a new day and time. So going into 2024, understand we are cementing ourselves in the word by ourselves. Period. Worry about our children, our family, our community. We got to take care of that first because it's so out of hand. We have no time and energy to deal with other groups and what they got going on. Hey, y'all guys got more access. Listen, we look at money statistically. All these other groups, for the most part, definitely the Asian community got way more money coming in than we do. They're favored a lot more in the system than we are. So I think they'll be okay. We need to make sure we can get up, get ourselves up, bring up our median income, trying to get our children right. We don't have time to focus on other people's issues and problems. And we also want to remember the groups that target us. We know those folks who target us. That's been. But when, when y'all purposely did that in the Supreme Court, the folks, and you did it to harm black America, we can't forget that. We can't forget it. It's it, it just that simple. So we'll let y'all deal with that, and you know, I hope it works out for you. I, I really do. I hope that your merit comes in, and I hope, you know, hope it works out for you. But we're gonna continue doing what we do, you know, over here in America, fighting, fighting the good fight. You know, definitely, folks, definitely taking some vacation. We can't fight the good fight if you don't take a vacation. I'm gonna keep telling black people that take a vacation, take a vacation, take a vacation, even if it's a weekend. Go somewhere with your family. Take your wife. Take your husband. You know, you need to spend a family vacation. You need to do a, a couple vacation with you and your wife. Do that. You gotta have that. In this country will weigh you down. You gotta have some time to yourself. All these, you know, other groups at times trying to harm us. Take a break. Come back. Then you can deal with the fight. Then you can deal with the struggle. But we'll be all right. We're gonna sit back and watch everything that people try to do to us. It's gonna fall down uh, to the floor. Even the folks.